Transmission incoming, over. Copy that, transmission received. You're listening to the Christian Paranormal Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. So had an interesting guest on today. His name is Justin Meyer. Met him on a Facebook group and we got to talking a little bit. We had similar interests, and I realized that he was at one point in his former life a pagan, which means that he kind of believed some of the ancient religions where there were many gods. Uh, some of them could be like the Greek and the Roman and the, the Norse mythologies, right? Those are some of the more famous ones, but paganism is a very broad subject. So he talks about what it was like for him and why he was attracted to paganism, how he got started in that, how he eventually realized that that was essentially a false religion, and he needed to come to the truth, which was Christianity. I think this was a really interesting topic, and we're probably going to have to do a part two. We had a ton of technical glitches, mostly on my part, which I apologize. Uh, So it took us over 45 minutes to even figure out how to make our technology work so we can hear each other. We finally did. Uh, So this one's going to be a little bit on the shorter side just because of that. But appreciate you guys listening. If you like the show, visit the Patreon at patreon.com slash patriot radio and you can see the videos of this and all the others i don't post videos to youtube but the videos only go to patreon you can listen to the audio for free on youtube or apple or spotify or google or any of the other nine places i post to but if you want the videos you've got to go to patreon that's the only place to get them so if you want to see my ugly mug that's how you do it patreon.com slash patriot radio okay Thanks for listening. Now, here's Justin. It reloaded something. It was kind of weird when it did it, but it looks like it's working now. Yep. Wow. All right. So, Thirty technical geniuses here, right? Yeah. Oh, that only took 20 minutes. No big deal. I appreciate you being right. patient and hanging in there. We, we yeah, no, working. no. Yeah, right. Right. Good time. So, how are you, man? I'm, I'm doing very good. How are you? Doing good. So you're in uh, what state again? Colorado. Okay. Yeah, right on. So I'm in Kansas, so that's uh, next door. I yep. go to Colorado a lot. Love to go to Colorado Springs. i uh, got some friends that live in Denver. We're going to Vail for a wedding, which is kind of oh, fancy for my blood, but uh, yeah, you know, it's free, free dinner and booze, so what are you going to do, you know? Right. Right, right. Yeah, no, we, I used to live in Garden City, Kansas when I was a real little kid, so. Okay. And then you moved out to Colorado. Yeah, that was a smart move on your part. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Not much going on out there. So we've been talking a little bit on text message back and forth. You know, we're part of the same group, Christian Podcasters Association, and I I saw you had a podcast and kind of just cold called you out of the blue one day, and you're like, how'd you get my number? And (laughs) it worked out pretty well (laughs) because I think we got a – 
a pretty cool topic to talk about, you know? So I, I do this podcast oh, yeah. and I, I kind of talk about some of the stranger things within Christianity. You know, sometimes these topics make people uncomfortable and these are definitely kinds of things you don't talk about in Sunday yeah. school, the kinds of things you don't talk about uh, to your little old ladies at church. But, you know, I think they're important topics and we need to talk about them more oh, yeah. often. You know, I want to kind of normalize some of these kind of conversations because we're not doing anybody any justice by not talking about stuff. Right. Yeah, I actually feel the exact same way about it, man. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, I've been listening a little bit to your podcast lately, and I, I feel like we have a mutual understanding of what it means to uh, really dig into the spiritual realm of things because, like, I, I feel the same way. We, we're doing a disservice not talking about these things to others, especially the people who aren't believers, you know? Yeah, because, you know, people got questions. And like it or not, everybody's interested in supernatural stuff. And if the only people talking about it are the, the atheists or the pagans or the New Age types or the UFO people or whatever you want to call there's a million groups. If they're the only right. ones talking about it, well, that's where all the answers come from. So uh, it's right. good that, you know, you're on the same wavelength because I know you had a little bit of a different upbringing and a little bit different spiritual path than most Christians, especially those who grew up in the church. So like me, you know, you were interested in some, some stranger things. And you mentioned that at one point you were into paganism uh, before you really got into Christianity. Yep. So uh, you might tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, so the the pagan stint was actually a stint from in my youth, you know, teenage years and stuff like that, because my mother had an interest in in just like pagan gods and paganism and Wicca and stuff like that. Uh, I actually went through a atheist stint right before I became a Christian, so I, I kind of been in this this no man's land of like trying out almost every every walk of life, but. Uh, the paganism stint was pretty interesting because I, I got to hang out with other pagans and talk about, you know, the pantheon of gods and the the group that I was most associated with, they believed in the Greek pantheon. But as far as, as what I think of it now, I, I see a lot of similarities between the different pantheons. So it's, it's pretty interesting. And then to, when I started digging into Christianity and realizing that the Bible, you know, does talk about these other gods or it doesn't call them it doesn't make them anything equivalent to you know yahweh but when it starts talking about these other gods in the bible it's like wait a minute so these things are real you know you, you just kind of hits you in the face and you're like so these things are real it's just they're not as powerful as they want you to think they are so yeah it's yeah it's been a trip yeah it's 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 kind of wild because in the Bible, and a lot of people don't know this, but if you listen to, to Michael Heiser, which I know you're familiar with, he does a fantastic job talking about this. You know, he talks about, mm. you know, the gods, right? And then for somebody who's never really explored the idea, you might think that he's talking blasphemy, but it's in the Bible, yeah. right? It talks about the right. gods, right? But there's mm. there's a lot of language that comes into it, which gets really confusing, but when they say gods, right, it's not assuming that all of them are there are equal, right? You have God, and then you have uh, Elohim, right? And mm -hmm. it's a it's a hierarchy of yeah. beings in the spiritual realm, and you have God, which is at the very top, and then you mm -hmm. have the the gods, right, with a, like lowercase g, not an uppercase g, uh, and they're beholden mm -hmm. to God, but then right. 
you know, they're kind of running around doing their thing and, you know, it, it, it matches a little bit, you know, with, with the Greeks and the, the Norse mythology, which is really popular. Uh, we're all talking about gods, but it's mm-hmm. just a little bit different. Right, right. And as Christians, our God, you know, kind of encompasses all the other gods underneath them. And these pantheons that we, like when I was a pagan, we worship these gods. These are the ones who, in uh, I think it was Psalm 82, it talks about these are the gods that betrayed what Yahweh had sent them to do, which was to, you know, at the time, God was collecting Israel to himself. He was like, okay, these other nations are going to have other gods over them, and I'm going to focus on Israel. And all of a sudden, these gods were like, well, instead of leading these nations back to God eventually, we're going to go ahead and set ourselves up as gods, which more than likely, in, in my own imagination, I see that as Satan or Lucifer, the, the king of, of demons, is is the one who was going around saying, Hey, you know, these guys are worshiping you. Why would you want to give that up to Yahweh? You know? So then all of a sudden we see these other nations following these gods of stone and and wood and whatnot attack Israel. And then we get this, this council room scene where God's like, okay, you guys messed up, you know, and this is, this is that in between spot right there in Genesis six, where, He's talking to the watchers and he, he, you know, condemns them right then and there. So, yeah. And that gets into the kind of the, the book of Enoch too, you know, if you're familiar with that, they talk about the watchers and it talks about how, you know, these, uh, godly like beings are mingling with people and teaching them things, but maybe not altogether, you know, good things, uh, a lot of technology type right. things. And, you know, it gets into the, you know, the, the Enoch and it gets into almost kind of like the pre-Genesis story really in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that there's a lot of truth to that. I know a lot of Christianity doesn't really hold Enoch in high value, but I think the Eastern Orthodox, they, they do a little bit to, to my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done a brief read through of Enoch just, you know, in my own study and, listening to it, it definitely sheds a lot of light on when we see these references later on in the New Testament where they're talking about, they're actually referencing First Enoch. It, it makes a little more sense if you take the time to actually read that book because then you're seeing that these Jews at the time were thinking there's much more to reality than just what we see in front of us. There's there's this whole host of, of spiritual beings that are interacting behind the scenes so to say so to think it to we really have to watch ourselves when we're reading the bible in a modern a modern context because we're not super spiritual anymore whereas you and me we came from pagan backgrounds we had an idea that you know that is real there's something more real than reality going on behind it so uh most christians who you know spend have spent their whole lives in the church or, or, you know, just in Christianity, they don't understand that there is this, this belief in the supernatural that's out there. So, yeah. And the pagan religions, they really kind of tap into that. And I was uh, in a discussion with somebody online and they were talking about, you know, pagan religions and what does that even mean? And, you know, why are people into that? And, you know, generally speaking, pagan religions are, you know, they're, they're, polytheists right they believe in multiple gods 
Uh, right. You have a bunch of different styles of pagans, and they're all they're all slightly different, right? Because you know the Greeks are not the Romans, are not the uh, Zoroastrians, right? They're not the, the mm-hmm. Norse and the Native Americans and everything else, and but they have so many similarities. And even right. though that they're different religions, they have a lot of the same themes, right? Almost mm-hmm. always, you'll find kind of a creation story, an end time story. A lot of them have mm-hmm. a flood narrative. Uh, there's always kind of the the struggle between good and evil. So thematically, right. it's it's really all the same story. Mm-hmm. The the big difference between Christianity and, and the other pagan beliefs is that all the other gods have a creation story. So you see Zeus has a birth, Ares, all these other gods, they have some sort of creation story. Our god has no creation story. He has a creation story in the sense that he created everything else. But as far as, you know, comparing, because they're all the same spiritual beings, it's just God's far more powerful and he pre-existed the universe. Whereas these other gods who want us to worship them, they are created. So it falls, this paganism kind of falls into the same trap of worshiping the creation instead of the creator. So it's, it's interesting how it, it can apply. It's not just to the material, but to the spiritual. We get this, that there are spiritual created beings that we can end up worshiping. And, and that's where, you know, the Catholic Catholics I tend to get off with when they start worshiping the saints. It's like, whoa, hang on. They, they're great people. Like, I'm not going to take anything away from the saints. They did more than I, you know, think I ever could do. But as far as worshiping a saint, that's that's not okay. You know, we need to, you know, respect what they did and, and, you know, honor what they did. But as far as worship, there's only God we should worship. Not. I, I had some major runs-ins with Catholics <laughs> in my youth. And that's, that's kind of what led me down the path of, you know, going away from Christianity in the first place. Um, yeah, no, I can get that. You know, it's, there's a lot going on there. And if you're an outsider, you know, there's so much catch up to do, especially if you're going to go from, you know, zero Christianity to Catholicism, where it's very tradition heavy and very Orthodox heavy. It's a big leap to make. Uh, but you'd mentioned something really interesting. You talked about how they worship the creation, not the creator. And that makes a lot of sense to me because uh-huh. so much of paganism revolves around earth worship and all kinds of, you know, earth-like practices, you know, when I think of pagans, especially when you think of like the Celtic variety and the Scandinavian variety, and it was very much almost kind of earth worship type stuff going on. Yeah, and then you have some of the, the New Age stuff where I don't know if you ever heard of spirit science, but that was one of the things I dug into as an atheist, kind of testing the waters and seeing what's going on with this. But they, they start talking, it's more of this Eastern religion where it talks about chakras and sacred uh, sacred symbols and sacred, uh, there's, there's a word I'm forgetting. Anyways. We got this new age uh, belief systems coming in. Instead of having gods that they worship, they have this kind of, you know, woo-woo, I become one with the universe sort of thing going on. And that also is, again, just worshiping the creation instead of, you know, worshiping the creator. It's the single thing behind, you know, all these pagan religions and all these other religions that don't follow God is they are worshiping some aspect of the creation instead of the creator. 
So yeah, yeah, it's all pretty wild, but it's it's extremely attractive too for people who oh, yeah. are not religious or maybe disillusioned with Christianity. Paganism has a lot to offer, and I I was thinking about that the other day, and it seems to me that you get to scratch your religious itch, right? Because that's inherent to all of us, like it or not. You know, everybody right. has a religion. Atheism is a religion, right? There's you, there's dogma yep. with atheism, just like there is with Christianity. It just just right. is. So you can't escape the need for religion, right? We're programmed into that with our DNA. So paganism yeah. gives you the, the fulfillment of a religion. Uh, so it scratches that itch. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ask you for anything, right? Because you can be whatever you want to be and be a pagan. Yeah. You can, you can make up your own pagan religion if you wanted to. The pagans are so far yeah. removed from their origins. Really, it could all be BS for all we really know, right? It's, it could be nothing like what right. it used to be. So it's kind of LARPing in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not asked to do anything hard. Uh, you don't have to give up mm-hmm. anything. You don't have to sacrifice anything. You don't really have to change your code of behavior. Right. In fact, it gives you a free pass to be hedonistic. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I kind of right. get it now. You know, why paganism is attractive. Yeah, no, it, when when you get to change nothing about the way you live your life and, you know, continue, and be justified in the way you live your life, it's extremely attractive and it doesn't matter how your life is or what sin you're involved in there's a god for that <laughs> you know the, the old the old saying there's an app for that or it's not that old but there's a god for that if you want to worship the god of tiddlywinks or something like that i'm sure that some demon will raise up and be your god just because any any way to distract you from worshiping the true god they're going to you know fulfill that need so yeah absolutely and there seems to be no shortage of demons you know and i try not to go down that road too much because i don't want to get myself into trouble but you're right there seems to be a spirit for about everything you could possibly imagine and the delusions are so powerful that (laughs) there's almost zero way for you to know right from wrong left from right up from down when you start getting into that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and you can be convinced and convicted, right, that you are doing the right thing. But really, you're just being led astray. Yeah, yeah. So turning back to the, the being pagans, you know, in our past thing, did you have a certain patron gods or how, how did you exactly work with that? Because I know I personally had a few uh, patron gods that I worship, quote unquote, back when I was, you know, an active pagan. I did not, so I would never consider myself like a dyed-in-the-wool pagan, but it was definitely something that was very common in my family. I didn't grow up in a religious family, definitely not a Christian family. My dad was an atheist. Uh, my aunt was a was a pagan. She claimed to be a pagan of the, the Norse variety, right? So Odin and Thor and yeah. Freya and... Mm-hmm. and Loki and all those guys. So I took an interest in it probably right. more than I probably should have been interested in it. And I, you know, I was reading the books mm-hmm. and we had, uh, you know, runes and that kind of stuff. And, you know, they would cast them and mm-hmm. it, it's LARPing. You know, I just, that's the only way I can describe it is, you know, you, you think you're doing something yeah. and what you're doing is 
is not really what you're doing, right? You're not going to predict the future. You're not going to be able to do anything mm-hmm. fancy. At the very most, you're just going to attract some demonic entities into your life, really, is is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's unfortunate because people get wrapped up into that, and, and they get wrapped up into that kind of stuff the same way they get wrapped up into video games, really. I mean, to me, it's it's kind of oh, the yeah. same same idea. Yeah, yeah, I I can definitely see that. Now, you know, tread lightly though. I do enjoy having playing video games every now and then. No, so. I love me some video games. Uh, but yeah, I'm just okay. saying that when you, when you get into the the pagan stuff, I mean, it's it's kind of I don't know, yeah. it kind of hits like some of the same brain waves. I feel like you know, right, right. You get to you get to pretend you're something you're not. Yeah, sort of thing. You know, I love yeah. video games. I mean, I play video. I was playing a video game before I got on the phone call with you. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with video games at all. Definitely not mm-hmm. saying that. In fact, I think video games can be extremely healthy for people. You know, it's a, oh yeah, it's a it's a good way to unwind from the stress of the day, for sure. Yeah, and and then seeing some of the Christian creators get into it, you can they actually can you know bring some of the biblical teaching to it now it's 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 actually getting kind of interesting but uh back to the worship thing uh, of the other gods i did have a few patron gods and the one thing i did notice that i wanted to touch on was that i would try to pray to these gods in my mind like you would you know send a secret prayer to god sort of thing and what i noticed is that they cannot answer. They do not. They cannot. They do not have the ability to read your mind. They do not have the ability to read your thoughts. So if you're sending secret prayers like that, they'll never respond. Where you run into issues is that and I ran into some of this, especially around the Wicca people, is that when you start performing rituals, you start you start thinning the veil between the realms, and the demons are always the first ones on. You know that any any gap in between there because you know they can they can twist someone around and get them thinking that they're something they're not and then that keeps them from seeing god so it's it's definitely one of those things i i never prayed out loud to these gods and i never got any answer and that's probably part of the reason why i just kind of drifted away because if you can't read my mind you don't have that power You're, you're not that powerful you know so you mentioned you had some friends that were into that. So did you just kind of fall into that because of your friends and your influences kind of a thing? Or was there uh, a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I would okay. say that it was it was a little bit of peer pressure, a little bit of pressure from my mother just because she is more into that sort of thing. Uh but I I never went so far as to, you know, do the Ouija boards or perform any rituals or try any magic, so to say. So I, I, God apparently, you know, protected me from that much. So I didn't, I didn't end up opening anything. Like if you've ever heard some of these people who practice Ouija or any of those other, you know, ritualistic magics, they can open up a portal and then they are, you know, oppressed by something or something latches onto them and follows them around. And so luckily I've been protected from that, but I've had, I've faced my fair share of demons. In, in life so figuratively uh, or literally both okay i'd have to say both i mean there's the ones where you know being an atheist i was making the worst worst choices you know leave, living life of hedonism you kind of get you start 
you know, wearing these pathways of doing the wrong thing over and over again. So you have to fight those things that, that habituation, you have to fight that. But also I've have ran into like manifested demons and uh, I've never, luckily I've not had to see them. Like some people can see them with their eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I luckily haven't seen, I see them more with my mind. I feel their presence. I'm sensitive to their existence. So I I can't imagine how the people who actually have the gift of seeing these things, you know, sleep at night because I imagine some of them are pretty horrifying. Yeah. Just because they, they creep me the heck out when I sense them and I get this kind of image of what it might be, but I'm not seeing it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling it through my spiritual sensitivity and I couldn't imagine having to deal with actually seeing them, you know? Yeah. I've uh I've had many experiences where I have seen things, but it's usually just shadows, right? It's not like a, a full fledged, uh, what you think they might look like kind of thing. If you saw who they really yeah. were, kind of a thing. I have spoken with one guy who says he saw one. Um, said it was absolutely horrifying. Um, I can only imagine, but yeah, it's very interesting <laughs> to me because I I think that when you're an atheist, right? The devil doesn't need to do those kinds of things because he's already got you, right? So right. he's happy w- right where you're at. You don't really need to get involved w- anymore with an atheist because why? You know, your your resources are yeah. finite. You're not God. You can't be omnipresent. Yeah, uh, It just doesn't work like that. But when Christians, especially new Christians, I, I talk to a lot of people who kind of come from the occult or come from atheism or paganism and mm-hmm. it's a it's kind of a shotgun mm-hmm. blast right when you're becoming a new christian because yeah. the devil doesn't want to let you go oh yeah nope yeah no i actually had uh maybe a typical baptism experience but i think it was the the night before i got baptized i had you know accepted christ into my life and and was going down the path of, of starting to learn scripture and whatnot and set up a time to be baptized because I felt convicted and felt like this is what I need to do. The morning of my baptism, I woke up from this dream where I had walked into the bathroom and with my face in the mirror, all of a sudden my skin went pale. There was these golden cracks through it. My eyes went like shot black and whatever this thing was in the mirror of my dream looked at me and said, I will get you back. (laughs) And at that point I woke up and I was like, that was a little crazy. And I didn't tell my pastor about it until, you know, a while later. And he's like, you know, that's pretty typical to have some sort of, you know, attack right around your, your baptism. So that's one of those things, these, these spirits, these entities, we need to talk freely about them because I mean, that would be, if, if I wasn't so sure about coming to Christ and, you know, you know, changing teams and, you know, being for Christ at that point, that would have probably stopped me. You know, I would have been like, okay, I'm done. I'm not doing this, you know, count me out sort of thing. But I had already made my mind up. So that's, that's awesome, man. I mean, you know, I'm so glad to hear that because you can intellectualize that there's a good and a bad, and you had the courage to take a leap of faith, knowing that you're, you're walking into a combat zone. And 
that's kind of sometimes what it is, you know, and for a lot of Christians, they can go their entire lives without having even knowing discussions like this exist. Right. Right. And that kind of blows my mind in a way. Uh, and yeah. I guess I'm kind of envious in a way, uh, but it, it just, it's always crazy to me how there can be such a dichotomy of experiences within Christianity and yeah. it, it just, I don't fully understand it. And that's one of my reasons for doing this podcast is so to kind of wrap my head around it. But, you know, when you mentioned the things you saw it, I saw all kinds of weird stuff that creeped me out and it really kind of started in middle school, but you know, I think what was different for me, even though I was basically an atheist for most of my life, I still had these kinds of things happen. And I think it was because I was baptized as a child. You know, I know there's a million different opinions on baptism as a as an infant versus baptism as an adult or middle school or whatever. Yeah. But I think we yeah. can all agree that it's important. And I can think we can all agree that, you know, the, the devil doesn't want that to happen. And... Uh if there's a possibility for him to, to undo that in some way, I think he's probably going to try. So I think that right. was really why I had those experiences where most atheists don't. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, and, and, I was going to say, ultimately no, it, it was a, uh, it was the devil's bad planning because uh, he pushed too hard and guess what? Pushed me right. over the edge the other way. Yeah, right. No, and and I don't as far as I'm con I know, and my dad confirmed this, I was not baptized as a child. Uh my my dad wasn't a particularly big believer and my mother is just like I said, a pagan. She's staunchly against this. But uh uh most of my experiences with spirits and in those demonic entities was before I even became a Christian. So I I have no idea. Maybe it's just certain people are more sensitive to the, the thinning spots between this world and the next. And, you know, it could have a lot to do with the fact that maybe we're getting closer to the end times. So the two realms are, you know, getting closer together. So it's, it's, uh, I think God uses it all to draw most people back to him in some manner. And at some point we get to make the decision whether we're going to follow God or you know, turn away from God. Yeah. So no, that's a good point. Uh, I have a good friend of mine who's probably 60 years old. I was in the military with him and he was baptized as a child, been an atheist for probably all of his life, really uh, outside of yeah. that. And recently I think he's finally just now coming around to Christ, but it's because of the things we're talking about now. I, and he sees, right. he sees it and I'm, I'm really happy for the guy. You know, I'm sad that he had to experience the things yeah. he experienced. But I also think that, you know, it, it, like you said, it, it's God that ultimately allows those things to happen and it fulfills his purpose. Mm -hmm. And that purpose is to bring people back to him. And some of us, and maybe maybe you're just like me where you're just stubborn <laughs> and hard-headed. I know I got to <laughs> learn my lessons the hard way. And if there's an easy path and a hard path, I'm taking the hard path three times uh, rather than the easy path once. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, you got to use every, every tool in the toolbox maybe. Yeah, no, I, I'm not stubborn at all. <laughs> never, I would, I would never describe myself as stubborn. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely feel like you know God sometimes can, he can reach us wherever we are, you know, and some of us need 
bigger signs. Some of us need, you know, and then you get those atheists who are like, well, I have to see a miracle. I was like, yeah, maybe you do. But if you did need to see a miracle to believe in God, you would have seen something along the lines that would give you enough proof anecdotally or, you know, something would convince you enough that you would could make the choice between am I going to follow God or not? He always, you know, reveals to us enough. Yeah. We'd all like to see a miracle. Um, oh, right. No. I've never seen a miracle, you know, kind of like a biblical miracle, right? Like a big mm-hmm. deal kind of a miracle. There's been in probably a million small ones that, oh, yeah. you know, after a while, you kind of just have to say, okay, what are the chances here, right? Of this all just yeah. being a coincidence. Yeah. Right. Right. No, and and it's definitely one of those things that when you start looking into the evidence, which this is how I came to Christianity as I started following logic and reason and I was, you know, trying to make myself better because all of a sudden I have kids on the way and I'm starting to become a family man and I need to change the way I'm living or this is not going to be tenable for long. And I started seeking truth. And of course, any Christian will tell you when you start seeking truth, you're going to find all the reasons for God's existence or all the evidence for God's existence. And slowly over time, through these big thinkers like Jordan B. Peterson, who are friendly to Christianity or you know, not strictly against it, I started warming up to the idea that maybe Christianity has the truth. I mean, I started, I started out thinking, oh, I'm going to use Christianity to kind of have a default setting for my kids so that they have, you know, this basic morality that I don't have to reason from first principles like Stefan Molyneux does. Because I, I listened to him on that stuff. I was like, this is like great, but this takes too long. I'm not going to teach this to kids. I don't have time for this, you know, sort of thing. So I was like, he has the same basic values as most Christians. So why don't I, you know, use this as a default for my kids. And through that, God, you know, just that, that was like setting the hook, I guess, because from then it was just straight into studying the Bible and realizing that, you know, I needed God. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so much about my kids anymore. It was, you know, this is for me. This is what's good for me. This is what God wants. So, yeah, Yeah, it's a, it's funny how the people, have various ways of getting hooked. For me, it was uh, archaeology. I was kind of into archaeology, had a lot of time to kill for a while, Uh, was on some YouTube videos, stumbled upon some like biblical archaeology type videos. And the guy was like, this is Jerusalem. Here, if we go down in layers and dirt, we go back in time because it was destroyed so many times and just piled on top of each other. Here's where this happened. Here's where that mm. happened. Here is uh, where we think Sodom and Gomorrah were. Here is a bunch of uh, basically sulfur holes in rocks where you know God rained down fire to destroy these cities. And the best thing I ever saw was in Saudi Arabia where they found um, the real Mount Sinai. And a lot of people don't know about that. Mm-hmm. It's, oh my God. And I was like, holy crap. Right. If that's real, what else is real, right? Because mm-hmm. you think about the Old Testament yeah. I mean, from an atheist perspective, it's it's fantasy, right? It's fairy tale. It's just a bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that literally everything in the Old Testament, there's archaeological evidence for. 
right? So if if that's the case, right. well, then what about the New Testament? Let's go check that out. Well, then all of a sudden, guess what? You're 10 years later. <laughs> you're, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is amazing. And it's amazing how, how God works through us. So <clears throat> it kind of feels like my voice is going here. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to quickly touch on? No, no, that's really about it. I kind of wanted to just hear your story. And I guess the last question I had for you was, uh, you know, since being a Christian, you know, have things changed really as far as, uh, you know, we talked about some of the, you know, the, the darker things. Uh, so I imagine you're probably like me where those things have pretty much gone by the wayside for the most part. Yeah, no. And the, I've got to admit the demon activity is definitely much lighter now. Uh, the demons I come across, I don't know. I, it's hard to judge their power levels, especially when before I didn't have, you know, the immense protection of God over me. It's one of those things when you have God on your side, because now I'm saved, any demon just, you know, kind of fizzles out. So I could only imagine that the few that I've seen since my salvation have been pretty powerful to even get, you know, close enough at this point. But as far as things in my life, as soon as I started following Christ, I was like 180. Anyone can ask my wife. I started doing much better things. I want to seek out how to be better. I, you know, stopped following all these hedonistic practices of just doing what's pleasurable or what's, you know, good in the moment. Now I'm starting to think what's good for my family, what's good for my church, what's good for the people around me. I I've had this total transformation of going from just selfishness of focusing on me, doing what I want to focusing on my family and my kids and everyone around me and, and realizing that what I want is for everyone else around me to know Christ. So it's just one of those things. It's, following Christ will transform you, especially if you're kind of one of those more selfish people. It's probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me, you know? Very cool. Well, yeah, you've come a long ways since your paganism days and it's a, it's a crazy wild journey. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that happened for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Hey, appreciate it. I know that, uh, you know, we're coming up on some time here and and I'll let yeah. you get back to it. I know you got a, you're an hour behind me, so you still got some family time left. So I'm going to let you hit it. But yeah. I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. And if anyone's interested in my podcast, it's Revelation On Demand pretty much everywhere. The only platform I'm not on is iTunes because I've had just so much trouble trying to get on there. But YouTube, Facebook, you can find us Revelation On Demand. And we just walk through the Bible, mostly, you know, the, the, the scripture that's focused on end times and prophecy. And okay. We dig into that. So very cool. Yep. Have to check that out. Everybody check that out. Revelation on demand. Hey, thanks for coming. Yep. Be glad to come back some other time to talk more about, you know, this sort of stuff. Yep. So. I'd be glad to have you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Yep. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Christian Paranormal Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and visit the website at www.patriotradionetwork.org. Music is provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incompetech.org.